Welcome to the Story Circle. I am, as always, your humble storyteller. Before we begin today, I wanted to say thank you to everyone that stuck around and apologize for the long absence. As things do sometimes, life got in the way of storytelling, and I needed a few moments and a little bit of time to reconnect with my love of telling stories. But now I've returned, and we'll be back to my weekly storytelling schedule, with a brand new host of new stories and new storybooks to draw from. Which brings us to today's story, a tale from Germany about a pair of young friends and an impossible quest into a mystical land. So, gather round, perhaps grab yourself something to drink, and listen as we hear the tale of The King of the Swans. There was once a little girl who was named Delphine, so good and cheerful that she was a favorite with everybody. This girl had a friend called Hilda, who was likewise a very good child, and they loved each other dearly. It was in winter, and the snow was lying deep upon hill and field, when Hilda fell sick, and her parents were very anxious about her. She was quite unable to eat, and she was alternatively burning hot or shivering with cold. And though she had several doctors and much physic, she did not become any better. If any of her young friends visited her, she would often say, Give me strawberries. Which of you will go and find me some strawberries that I may get well again? And if her father and mother said, Dear Hilda, it is winter, and there are no strawberries to be found at this season. Hilda would raise herself up in bed and say, Far away, over the high hill, there is a green slope. There I can see plenty of strawberries. Who will go and fetch them for me? Only one of the nice red berries, only one. The children left the room and chatted together and said, What foolish things Hilda spoke in her dreams. But Delphine was much troubled that she could not help her dear friend. All at once, she said, Who will go with me over the mountains to seek for strawberries? It will be some little comfort to poor Hilda if she sees us going over the hill and seeking for them. None of them would agree to go, but went straight home. Delphine set out alone upon her way and went through a forest. A small trodden footpath led up the hill and down again on the other side, through another wood of tall oaks and beeches. She came to a place where three paths met. She stood still a moment, not knowing which to take, when, quite unexpectedly, she saw a little man approaching through the trees. He had a green hat upon his head, with a feather as white as snow. His tunic was made of the softest swan's down. He carried an ivory bow at his shoulder, and a small silver hunting horn hung at his side. "'What do you want here, my little damsel?' he said with a friendly voice. "'Ah, 
said Delphine. I have a sick friend who longs for strawberries and says they will make her well again. I know very well that it is winter, but I think I shall be able to find something here that she will like, and I hope I shall not return quite empty-handed. Come with me, said the little hunter. I will show you a place where you will find what you've come in search of. He went on before her and led her through many winding paths in the thicket, till at length the forest appeared lighter, and a warm spring-like air met them, and they at last stood at a grated iron door. The little man unlocked it, saying, Now, if you go straight forward, you will find what you seek. Delphin would have thanked the good-natured little man, but he had vanished instantly. She went on a few steps farther, and came to a green slope. Here winter had disappeared. The sun shone warm in the cloudless blue heavens. The birds sang merrily. Yet a few steps farther, and she beheld the ground covered with the finest strawberries. How the good little maiden rejoiced! She quickly gathered a large bunch, and hastened back to take them to her dear sick friend. Somehow it happened that in her haste she could not find her way back. She came to the iron palisades which surrounded the wood, but all her attempts to find the gate were fruitless. She ran in great anxiety this way and that, but no gate was to be seen. Then she heard the sound of a whistle at a distance. "'Oh, thank God!' she said. "'I hear a living sound!' Someone is probably there who will show me the way. She hastened through the thicket, and was much astonished at what she beheld. At the end of a beautiful green meadow, there was a lake, in which many beautiful swans, both black and white, were swimming gracefully. In the middle of the lake, there was a small island, upon which sat a fine castle, surrounded by flower gardens and pleasure grounds. As she approached the shore of the lake, she perceived a little man, sitting, but with a less friendly aspect than the little hunter in the forest. He had a large head, with rough hair, and a grey beard, so long that it reached his knees. In one hand he held a whistle, and in the other a switch. Delphine felt rather afraid of speaking to him, and stood still at a little distance. She soon observed that his office was to take care of the swans and prevent them going out of the water. When any did so, he whistled to them, and, if they did not obey him, he employed his long switch, which had the property of stretching out or becoming shorter, just as he pleased. Except this swan herd, she saw no one, and there was no bridge over to the castle. So she took courage and said to the greybeard, "'Good friend, cannot you show me the gate which will lead me into the forest?' The greybeard looked at her in surprise, but did not speak. He merely made her understand by signs that she should sit, which she did. Then he whistled, and presently came a large swan from the lake, which laid itself down before him. The little old man seated himself on the swan's back, threw one of his arms round its neck, and away the trusty bird swam with him across the lake. There he alighted, 
and went into the castle. Delphine waited some time, curious to see what would happen, but she did not feel afraid. At length, she saw four black swans swim from a creek of the lake, harnessed to a beautiful little green boat adorned with silver. The covering of the boat was formed like a pair of wings, and shaded two small seats, of which the foremost ended in the shape of a long swan's neck. There sat the greybeard, who looked much more agreeable than before. He gave Delphine a sign to step in, which she complied with, and they sailed gently across the lake. And, when they had reached the shore, they left the boat, and the old man led her into the palace. In a light blue marble hall, the king of swans sat upon his throne, a bright golden crown upon his head, and many richly dressed attendants surrounded him. "'What dost thou seek in my kingdom?' inquired the king. "'I have found what I sought,' answered Delphine. "'But I pray you, let someone direct me the way home, for I find that I have wandered in the wrong direction.' "'Very well,' said the king. "'It shall be done, but it is the custom for all who enter the kingdom to give a present to the king of swans. What hast thou to offer?' "'Alas!' replied Delphine. I have nothing at all. If I had known, I would have brought something with me from home. Thou hast strawberries, responded the king, and I like strawberries above all things. Give me thy strawberries, and then one of my servants shall show thee the way home. Alas, I cannot give you all, continued Delphine. The strawberries are for my sick friend, who must die if she has no strawberries but I will readily give you some of them. With these words, she took several fine strawberries with their stems and leaves, tied them in a bunch of the ribbon, which confined her hair, and handed them to the king. Thanks, my little daughter, said the king. Now go, this man will attend thee, but do exactly what he bids thee. The old swanherd waited for her, when she had taken leave of the king, Delphine was led into the garden, upon an open lawn. A fine white handkerchief was tied over her eyes. The old man whistled, and took her by the arm. She heard a rustling of wings, she felt the wind blow in her face, and felt colder and colder. But she could not see anything. At last the sound of wings ceased, and the old man set her upon the ground. Now, my child, count twenty. Then take off the bandage, but not before. Preserve it carefully. It will be required of thee at the proper time. She counted twenty. And when she had taken off the bandage, she found herself standing on the hill, opposite the house of her friend Hilda, with frost and snow all around. She looked up to the sky, and there beheld a great bird, and the old man sitting upon it with his arm round its neck. Then she hastened to her friend Hilda, who was in bed repeating the words, Who will bring me strawberries to make me well? There they are, said Delphine, and handed the bunch to Hilda. Everyone was astonished and wanted to know whence Delphine had brought them. But she had hardly begun to relate her wonderful adventures before Hilda had eaten all the strawberries. 
Then the color returned to her face and strength to her limbs. And Hilda said, Thank God and thank dear Delphine. Now I am quite well. She rose up and really was quite restored. Who can say how the parents blessed and thanked dear Delphine? She was a truly good and brave girl, and when she grew up, everyone desired their children be like her. One day, as Delphine was walking in the meadow with her mother, she was now so tall that those who had only seen her when she was a child could not have known her again to be the same. She looked up and saw a black speck in the sky, which became larger as it descended, and at last she saw that it was a prodigious black swan, far larger than any other swans, and that it was flying down towards her. There was a tent, with a golden gauze curtains upon the swan's back, and when the swan gently alighted on the ground, there came out of the tent a little man with friendly eyes, the king of swans. I have heard, said he, that in a short time thou wilt celebrate a joyful festival. And, as thou gavest me a present when ye were a child, and hast grown up so good, and so brave, and so pure a maiden, I will make thee a present in return. Saying these words, he placed a costly crown upon her head. It was formed of gold, wrought in the form of strawberry leaves, and between the leaves there sparkled red rubies, diamonds, and purple amethysts, and the edge was a beautiful golden band. Delphine and her mother could hardly thank the king for astonishment, but he did not give them time. The swan rose majestically in the air and flew towards his home, and at last disappeared as a little spot in the clouds. Many boys and girls have gone over the hill since, the t since that time. Many boys and girls have gone over that hill since that time to seek the land of swans and to find strawberries in winter, but none have found them. Perhaps they were more selfish and not so good-hearted as Delphine.